0: employer when they employ people they offer them benefit packages my wife works for the Alberta Health Region as i think others do in our congregation and they have quite a benefits package probably one of the better ones that i've ever i've ever seen and so i'm very glad i married her <laughs> because i get to reap that benefit with her you know i I'm not always that fond of Joel Olstein and how he uses the scriptures to somehow create this power of positive thinking that he, he preaches almost every week. But I do remember a thought that he spoke a number of years ago and it stuck with me. And the thought is this. Our thoughts are very important things. They're powerful. They fill us with a spirit of victory or defeat the spirit of hope or the spirit of helplessness a spirit of promise or pain they can cause us to quote with great confidence I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or they can cause us to say why read why pray why even bother so right here today starting with the next three weeks I want us to focus on the miraculous healings. I think I got a point. Oh, there. I never do it right. I want us to focus on the miraculous healing power of God. I want to probe your thoughts. I want to encourage you to be willing to establish a foundation, a mental base, if you will, of five simple truths. Five principles that I believe you can take to the bank and if you will recognize and establish them in your mind, make them a part of your process, your thought process, you will open the door to a great and wondrous moving of God in your life. We start with this familiar story. I'm going to ask Dawson to come up. I think I kind of cornered his son. Maybe he, Maybe the... Clucas boy can come too. I haven't asked him, but he's a brave lad. We're going to wrap Dawson up just as Lazarus was wrapped up many, many, many years ago. In grave clothes. Just lie down there, buddy, and let us go to town. You're dead, remember? You, you know, so we're going to wrap you up. We're going to make sure that, that you're all wrapped up nice and tight, just as Lazarus was. It's a familiar story. It's a story of Lazarus. We remember it. He was from the town of Bethany, brother of Mary and Martha, and we know that it was Mary who actually uh, worshipped Jesus by pouring perfume on his feet and then wiping them dry with her hair. But her and her sister had a brother named Lazarus, as we've read this morning. And he got very ill. And he actually got quite sick. And because they knew Jesus and had been a follower of him, they rushed off and asked him if he might come quickly. Because Lazarus was ill. The amazing thing for me is we read this story in John chapter 11, 5. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where he was for a couple of days. Jesus delayed his journey to Bethany. It's well worth us understanding that Jesus will never vary from the Father's plan. So by the time he arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has passed. Of course, there is great pain, and probably, if. If Mary and Martha are like me, just a little bit of anger that Jesus hadn't come. But God's plan starts to unfold and become clear. He uses this event to show his power through the spoken word. He calls Lazarus to come forward from the dead. Then we read in verse 44, And he who died came alive. Lazarus had been wrapped in grave clothes. He was prepared for a proper burial following his passing. He has been laid in the tomb for a number of days. And Jesus tells him to come out, come alive. But but get this picture with me. Lazarus is stone dead. Wrapped in grave clothes. It says that his hands and feet were bound. It says his face was wrapped with a cloth. But wait a minute. Jesus has just said, come out here, come alive, in verse 44. Suddenly, Mary and Martha, look! And something starts moving, wrapped in the clothing. He's trying to get out. What kind of life is for him? He's come alive. What kind of life is it? Walking, imagine walking through life looking like this. It almost wants you to go right back into the tomb again. Our thoughts are powerful things. And if you want to experience the healing power of God in your life, there are some simple truths you must accept. You must establish them in your thoughts. You must accept them that they are fact. The first principle is there is a difference between being alive and being free. Being alive and being free. Dawson here is alive. But would you call him free? Can't see where you're going, can't maneuver very easily, feel all bound up and trapped. Okay, boys, you can bring him loose now. Thank you, Dawson. Thank you, boys. There is a difference. There is a difference between being free, being alive, and being free. And it is especially evidence in the physical realm. But I want to share to you, let us look at the spiritual implications of our story. Because they are the important implications that allow us to move ourselves towards the mighty power and the benefits of the cross of Calvary. So when we look at this story from that aspect... How often can you find in God's word the language that talks about being dead, buried in our sins, dead in our trespasses, but then being raised from the dead to new life through the power of God? That kind of language is all through the gospels and the Bible. That kind of language is the type of language we use when you say when we do baptism, when we baptize people, buried in your sins, risen to life in Christ. But just like with Lazarus, being alive, being forgiven for your sins, being raised in new life in Christ doesn't mean that you are free. Where do I draw that from? I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't think there's anyone in this room that can't testify to times when he or she sat in a chair staring out a window thinking, God, what is wrong with me? If I've been saved by your grace, why do, why do I feel like a prisoner? Why am I still struggling with so many hurts, failures, physical illness, and challenges? Is this really as good as it gets? In case you're not sure, I declare to you: the answer is, no, that is not all it is or all it will be. But it starts in our thoughts and beliefs when we accept the truth that there's a difference between being alive and being free. I don't know if you've ever followed the rest of Lazarus' story. I've read it several times, but it kind of popped out at me this week while I was studying. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever heard too many messages on Lazarus. But if we went to John 12, verse 9... We read this. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus, too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. That's kind of a bummer, wouldn't you say? Think about it. I mean, First you get sick, then you die, that kind of sucks, then you begin to stink after four days in the tomb, but along comes that sweet voice, raises you from the dead, orders those around you to loose you, and you are off to the showers, ready ready to begin a new chapter in your life. Things are really going your way, wouldn't you say? Well, only if you consider a bounty on your head as things going your way. Because that is what Lazarus had. Not just a bounty, but a bounty from the chief priests of the people. Talk about turning the tables. One minute you have been raised from the dead, and the next minute you see on, you see on CNN that the Pope has wants you killed. That sucks. If you want to experience God's healing power in your life, if you really want to see God move over the next few weeks and months in your life, it requires a second principle and understanding. Being free does not mean the battle is over. Being free does not mean the battle is over. Lazarus was free. Better than that, he was alive and free, and that beats being free Uh, dead and free any day. But the adventure wasn't over. In fact, it was just beginning. Maybe you have have an area in your life that in the past you really thought you had been freed from. Maybe you had a miracle happen in your life and you were 100 percent confident that that book in your life had closed. Maybe it was cancer that could no longer be seen. Maybe it was a marriage that was restored. Maybe it was a demonic attack on your spirit that had been defeated. Then it happens. The doctor spots another tumor. The arguments return to the home. The demons are swirling around in your mind again. Okay. begin to question whether God ever worked the original miracle to begin with. You begin to question whether you dare get your hopes up a second time. You begin to question, is it, is it really worth going into battle again? I say to you this morning, church, if you build your thought life on a false foundation, the answer will be no. No more praying for healing this time. No more counseling this time. No more applying the blood of Jesus to those demons in your life. With a false foundation of thought, it will be game over. Time to give up. But, when you build your foundation on the truth of God's word, you will understand that being free doesn't mean the battle is over. It doesn't mean you're some kind of freak who just doesn't get it. It doesn't mean that you lack the face to experience true victory. It just means that through him we are more than conquerors and he is about to work another miracle in your life. That is where I want you to start. Understand that being alive doesn't mean that you are free and that even if you are free it doesn't mean the battles are over. Then you can take these two truths and apply them to the next three principles, and we will find our victory. Dale read this morning in Luke the story of a large crowd who was coming down from the mountains to find, to, to find Jesus. He saw Jesus coming from the mountains, and a large crowd gathered as he came down. And a father cried out to Jesus in his pain and in his suffering and in his sorrow. He cried out to Jesus to help his son who was captured by evil spirits. But not only was he captured by evil spirits, but he was physically damaged when they would throw him to the ground. His body would get bruised and broken. Imagine the life of that young man simply walking down the street, simply walking down the street, and these things will happen. Our story brings us to three sub-principles. The first one being, healing begins with spiritual deliverance. True healing begins with spiritual deliverance. The first thing Jesus did in answer to the Father about his Son was rebuke the unclean spirit. And that is where Jesus always starts the healing process, with spiritual deliverance. Turn to Luke 5 if you have your Bibles or if you want to go read it, the chapter 5, verse 20. It's the story of a, um, a paralytic who lies before Jesus just after being lowered from the roof by his friends. And Jesus sees very clearly that the man needs physical healing. But listen to what the Bible says. He said, man, your your sins are forgiven you. Spiritual deliverance. Turn a couple chapters over to Luke 7. Jesus comes across a woman who is about to be stoned because she can't seem to keep straight who she is supposed to be sleeping with. Socially, she is an outcast. Physic- physically, she is looking deaf in the face and emotionally she has been reduced to a piece of meat for the pleasure of men. And Jesus looks at her and says, your sins are forgiven you. Spiritual deliverance. When confronted with the need for healing in the, in the face of our lives, Jesus says, let's take care of first things first and provide spiritual deliverance to those bound with physical, emotional, and relational dysfunctions. What am I saying? I'm saying this. If one comes to God or to the church in a desperate desire to have a healing touch from God, and yet has never found a need for a genuine lordship relationship with Jesus, he wants to begin there. He won't go to the second half of the miracle without performing the first first half. It is scary to me to recognize that many people come to church and listen to the TV healers looking for God somehow to come down and touch their life, in some healing way, emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually, but never recognize Jesus as Lord. Never recognize that Jesus is the pathway to healing. And if you don't recognize him, not only for salvation, but he is the Lord of your life, and you don't fall in that kind of surrender, But Jesus can't do the second part. I don't know if you ever realized this, but Lazarus died again. Physical healing is small potatoes compared to the to being spiritually free to experience the fullness of God through a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we are more focused on the need for healing than we are on the Savior. One is temporal, one is eternal. Let me look at it, let's look at it this way. If I was to offer you a choice between two gifts this morning, the first was, most, was the most beautiful, brand new, 2017 vehicle you have ever seen. Leather interior, wood grain, your favorite color, CD player, GPS mapping, DVD screens in the backs of the headrests, power everything. An incredible vehicle. The second was a 2015 Toyota base model. No DVD, no GPS, just radio, manual transmission, cloth interior, hand crank windows and pull-up locks. The only thing powered in that was the engine. Two free gifts you can pick from. But if I told you that if you pick number one, the sweet ride, It is yours for 12 months. Then I take it back. Yours to use and drive for a year. If you pick car number two, it's yours to keep. As long as it runs, in fact, I'll even put an unlimited mileage, lifetime warranty, bumper-to-bumper, deductible. Which one would you pick? When we examine our relationship with Jesus, we often misunderstand the benefit package that comes with his lordship. Before you answer too quickly, truth be told, some of us would pick car number one. Because some of us are not very good at seeing the big picture. There are all kinds of people living in spiritual bondage because they can't see the benefit package. They think, truly, they think that their truly serious problem is physical. So they take car number one. If I could just feel better, if I could just live pain-free, what I wouldn't give? Please don't miss this today. If you, if you want to not just be alive but to be free, And if you want to be victorious in the continual battles of life that accompany that freedom, don't choose the lesser things. Don't choose the lesser things. Start with the greatest. Make sure you have been delivered spiritually. Make sure you have fully given yourself over to Jesus. Make sure you have surrendered to his Holy Spirit. And you are ready to denounce the things of sin that have so easily ensnared you allow God's healing in your life to begin by being delivered spiritually by being set free from those snares in our passage about this young boy Jesus says first things first Jesus identified we got to get rid of those demons first so he rebuked the unclean spirit but that was just the first miracle the next one is a biggie some of you are really going to struggle over the next few weeks to allow this truth to become foundational in your mind and life. You are going to struggle to believe you have the right to expect such miraculous workings, but it is a biblical truth and part of God's benefit package. Healing includes physical healing. It is right there and it is throughout this book then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy. Look at what this sorry spirit was doing to this boy. He had convul- he would convulse. He would foam at the mouth like a rabid dog. There would be physical elements to coming in and going out of his spirit. Almost a, like a Hollywood depiction of some monster entering and exiting the human body. And it says that it would literally leave him bruised and broken. It would throw him violently to the ground. Imagine this boy walking along a pathway, cruising through life, but always wondering when you might be overtaken by an evil spirit and violently thrown to the ground. Jesus Jesus didn't overlook the physical part of the miracle. He didn't say, okay, the bad guy is gone. And for, this other, and, all, and for all this other stuff, like the foaming and the, and the, the bruising, give it a few days, stop by Mal- Walmart and get some prescriptions, fill them, and make an appointment with me in two weeks. No, it says he healed the boy. Here I go. Are you ready? I'm going way out on a limb here. I'm walking a tightrope without a net. Are you watching and listening? There are people in our church family that God desires to physically heal. There are people in our church family that God wants to reach down from the cross and heal. go ahead I'll give you a minute pastor must be losing his mind how does he know what if it's God's will that I should stay like this let me step one further out on this limb and tell you it isn't God doesn't want you just to stay like this God wants to heal you But you are going to have to install some fundamental truths in your thinking. Establish a pillar of truth in your life. And admit, believe, and declare that God physically heals people today. It did not end in the apostolic age. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And Jesus said to his disciples, All authority I give unto you. Now go. And make disciples. Heal the sick. This is not early century stuff. This is 21st century stuff. It's available today, here, now. Because God says so in his word. I'm not talking about you demanding something of God, like, okay, God's going to heal me, so I'll I'll stop eating good things, I'll stop exercising, I'll treat this temple like some kind of X Games venue. I'm not suggesting a disclaimer that you might think, God has, uh, I've done all this, now God, he can fix it. No. But some of you are suffering with ailments that you can't, you don't have to suffer with. If you will give it over to God. He loves you and wants the best for you as as his child. He will heal you. I'm not talking about emotional strength that will enable you to endure. I'm talking 100% never imagined you could feel like this physical healing. Will God heal everyone? That's the first question I know I will get asked. Because it's the question I ask God. My answer. I can only tell you, I can only allow myself to believe that He can. Truth being said, I have an expectation as leader of this church that He will. But it's not my expectation that counts. It's your expectation. That plays a major role. What is your expectation? Do you believe with the innermost soul of your body that God's Word says healing can happen? So that leads me to my final thought. Healing is also available for relational restoration. Now let me talk just a moment here. About physical, all physical healing, we need to take it in the context of God's Word. The greatest joy I have in my life as I pass 29 is that God wants me to be with Him. Jesus wants His bride to be with Him. That's His desire. And so one of the ways that we get to be with Jesus is we grow old. And as our body grows old, it deteriorates. I asked myself this week, Gary, you seem quite healthy now and you're doing okay. But when your body deteriorates and the arthritis comes, and some of the aging elements of aging come, what is my expectation? My expectation at that time is God will walk through with me because he's getting me ready to be with him. Does that mean God won't heal senior people? Not true. He will. But we do need to recognize that our body will deteriorate. Lazarus did die. Healing is available for relational restoration. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives. You name the relationship. I believe God's healing power is available to provide restoration regardless of the damage that has been done regardless of the years that have passed, regardless of the, the uh, evil ones who might want to desire to keep you where you are, God will restore relationships. Over my years as a pastor, I've counseled many families, many husbands and wives whose racial relationship has been broken through a variety of ways. immorality, Sexual impurity, all kinds of things. And I'll sit with them in my office and I will say, Do you believe that God can fix this relationship? And if they say, No, it's gone too far, I pity them because God can heal relationships just as he can heal physically. There is hope for healing. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Or is it just something that rolls around in your mind and says, yeah, yeah, God can do that. It's not good enough. You have to truly believe it. Do you believe there is a difference between being alive and being free? Do you understand that being free doesn't mean the battle is over? Are you ready to acknowledge that within God's power resides the necessary authority to bring spiritual deliverance and physical healing and relational restoration? You'll find in your bulletin this morning, I'm going to ask Jason and his team to come forward. You're going to find in your bulletin this morning a slip of paper. I'm going to speak next week on the mindset of healing, and we're going to conclude our three weeks with a healing service. We're going to have a healing service. I see on your faces all kinds of expressions. But God has laid this on my heart, and God is going to promise that he will do what he says he's going to do. I believe that. I don't know what it will look like, and I don't know what will happen, but I'll tell you something is going to happen, and it's going to be good. And you're going to leave this place lifted up like you've never been lifted before because Jesus is going to be here. He is going to be here. And we're going to ask him face to face. Jesus, help my people. That's my plea. Jesus, set my people free from the bondages of doubt and rise up in them, Holy Spirit with a confidence of authority. That God will make a difference. And so these next three weeks, I want to start this morning. Let me ask you this. I better get my notes, because I don't want to forget what I wrote. Take the slip of paper that is inside your bulletin. Take out that piece of paper, and I want you to do something today. Whether or not you have faith to believe God can really make it happen, regardless of whether you fully buy into everything we have been... Exploring today, God's benefit package, just imagine this. Imagine that everything we have seen, read, and all that I've said this morning is truly possible. Just imagine it. If so, what would be the miracle? What would be the miracles you would desire for your life? Maybe you don't believe in miracles at this point maybe you don't think it can happen but if it did what would you be what would be the miracle or the miracles you would desire for your life if you don't believe it that's okay cuz i do and i believe god is going to do something i want you to write on this piece of paper what your prayer healing prayer miracle is you don't have to put your name on it. can if you wish. And I'm going to have a prayer in a moment. And then we're going to sing a closing number. And when you sing that closing number, I want you to come either through that closing number or after the service. Or if you still need a little courage and you want to pray about it at home first, come and drop them in. brightly colored box the prayer box that's your part that's part one part two is I invite you this prayer box will stay here for three weeks exactly where it's positioned and I invite you to join me and our prayer teams praying for the miracles in this box come at your lunch hour come after work come early in the morning Come early Sunday and beseech the glory of God in our midst. Will you do that? You see, the miracle engine is prayer. And so let us pray together before we sing. Gracious Heavenly Father, I stand before you as a person who's being plagued with a sense. What gives you the right to make that demand? And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I hold the right in my hand. It's called the Holy Bible. It's called your word, Heavenly Father. It's called your promises, Lord Jesus. Jesus and it's called your authority holy spirit and so i come to you and ask you and beseech you and cry out to you heal our people set them free from bondages of sin that continue capture them and capture them and recapture them break them loose by the power of the cross Holy Spirit, come and bring into our hearts the areas of our lives that we need to surrender. And then give us the authority within our own human flesh to surrender it to you, Lord Jesus. Come and be the Lord of our lives, not just the Savior of our lives. And take Lord of our health and heal us. It starts today, Lord. All these things we ask because you have promised. And all of the glory will come to you, Lord Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about each of us. It is about you, Heavenly Father. So glorify yourself, as you said to Mary and Martha. I stayed for a few days because God needs to be glorified through this. And he waited for that moment to go to Judea. Father, we have been waiting a long time. And we cry out. Bring your healing hand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: we're going to close the service with the song Faithful One Faithful One So unchanging Ageless One You're my rock of peace Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you again and again. I call out to you again and again. You are my one. In times of trouble, you lift me up when I fall down all through the storm. Your love is the anchor, my hope is. In alone. Let's sing you are my rock. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. All through the storm, your love is the end. is in you, alone. Let's just sing that chorus one more time. And um, maybe just as we sing it, let's just um, very intentionally surrender ourselves to the Lord. And as we sing, You are my rock in times of trouble, i got to ask myself, how many other rocks I try to climb up on other than Jesus. So um, it's as much a commitment too as we sing uh, that this is truth but that we uh, need his strength to, to actually be the firm foundation that he, he is capable of. Let's sing that. You are my rock in time of trouble you lift me up when I fall down all through the storm your love is the anchor my hope is in you alone.
0: As already a young man has come forward crying out to you, Jesus. Crying out to you, Jesus. Can we cry on his behalf with him? Can we cry with him that God will heal him Take away, Satan, I say to you gathered in this crowd, we agree together you have no room in this man's life. His sins have been forgiven by Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit, on the authority of your holy word, we call upon you, Jesus, to fulfill the promise that by your stripes are we healed. Dear God, we need to see, we need to see the power of you within our midst. Not because of us, but it would strengthen our hope. Just as you said to Mary and Martha, Jesus, I must stay a couple of days because God needs to be glorified in his timing. Make this three weeks your timing, dear God to touch our congregation now let us go feeling as if somehow there's just a bit of a new beginning Holy Spirit walk with us talk with us encourage us for we long for the healing to take place go with that confidence in Jesus name If you didn't have time to take something up, there's